They're all saving one, or most of them, most of the Hampshire fielders are saving one. Somerset need one run. It's Edwards to Hildreth. He's there and bowls Hildreth, and he gets the run away through the onside, and Somerset have won. They've won the Royal London One Day Cup. Hello there, you're listening to Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. This is the Somerset Cricket Podcast. My name's Ian Shepherd. Joining me this evening, as always, I've got Steve Tancock, Dan Kingdom, and the voice of cricket on BBC Radio Somerset, Anthony Gibson. Um, no signings in the last month. It's, uh, I think October the 4th was when we uh, did the last episode. Um, seeing little drip feeds coming out from other counties on Twitter of we've signed such and such and... Uh, and that, but uh, nothing from Somerset. Were we expected anything this quick after the season ended, or are we uh, are we just unduly panicking, or am I unduly panicking at least? And, and you three guys are the uh, uh, the definitions of calmness. Dan, did, has any sort of signings stood out to you as maybe guys that we could have gone for? And uh, um, agents well, see, maybe... I don't, I don't really think we should be looking to sign domestic players because um, I want to stick with what we've got. Um, you know, someone like Critchley or Northeast has certainly have improved our team. But whether that's actually the right thing for the team for the long term, it's another question because I think we, we don't want to be squeezing out Fartlett, Sneed, Goldsworthy, Banton, etc. Um, I'd much rather see us stick with them. And, you know, if it means that they struggle a bit next season, you know, so be it. They've got to learn how to play Red Bull cricket. So I'd rather not squeeze them out personally. I mean, they're happy to sign an overseas player. Um, I think I think we will eventually sign an overseas, but that usually you know, that can take a bit of time. Can't it? I mean, Delanga was relatively signed relatively early last year, I think. Mm. But you know, like Dean Elgar, for example, was after Christmas, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. Bancroft, when we originally tried to sign him, that was just before Christmas. So you know, I think we just got to be patient, and I'm sure we'll be signing an overseas batsman. Might be Devon Conway for the IPL period potentially if he's not signed for the IPL. Might we might be waiting for that. Also, Babar Azam is potentially available Shane and Freely signed for Middlesex so yeah. that implies Pakistan players are going to be available for the first two or three months so I think, I'm sure there are things going on in the background um, just going to be patient and wait and see yeah, I definitely wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be averse to seeing Baba come over for the whole summer uh, if we obviously Devon Conway will be touring with New Zealand so <laughs> he'll be potentially unavailable for a portion of the season but with Pakistan, will they be free for the whole summer, or have they got PSL? I think Shaheen is signed till mid July, and I think so. I think after that, um, Pakistan may have something on. They might have a training camp or something, might they? They often have those leading into their their pre season sort of thing. So when's the when's the IPL next season then? I think uh, it's April and May. Until about mid-June, I think. Well, surely Shreedy and Babarazan will be involved in that, won't he? No. Not in the IPL, no. Because no. Pakistan players don't play. Oh, they don't play. Yeah. Oh, well. It'd be lovely to have him back, if we could afford him. <laughs> <laughs> but I agree with Dan. I, I, I don't think we should be in the market for moderate quality um, English players I think we should be looking for a probably an opening batsman from from overseas to partner Tom Lemonby at the, at the top of the order and and just you know m- make sure that Tom Abel isn't coming in in a second or third over every innings as he was this season didn't do many on though that's when he scored all his runs oh no yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, he op- when he opened the bat and he didn't get any and then he <laughs> dropped down to four and he didn't get any no. so it might seem a kind of um Although it's not ideal, it might be the perverse circumstances under which he thrives. You never know. <laughs> you never he might know. have a masochistic streak in him a mile long. <laughs> Steve, who's you, could, <laughs> you could flip the argument, though, Ian, and say his, his poor September was probably as a result of he, he stressed out in terms of the situations he'd had to bat in earlier in the season. No, we're blaming and, the 100 on the poor September. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with, I'm with Dan and Anthony. He hasn't played any, um, any Red Bull cricket since the Hampshire game in early June, had he? No. Before mm. September, because of the injury and, and then 100 and everything. So, you know, he just. I, I, I tend to agree with Steve, though. I think he carried so much weight on his shoulders in the, in the first part of, of the season that mentally he must have been, you know, absolutely out on his, out on his feet. And I think he should. And, and also, he put so much 
mental as well as physical energy and commitment into captaining Somerset as well as batting for Somerset. You know, it would it would challenge the strongest cricketer in the world, the, the weight of responsibility he carried on his shoulders. Yeah. That's why we, that's why we need, you know, an experienced top professional batsman to take some of the weight off his shoulders uh, and, um, you know, give him a reasonable chance of scoring runs as well as captaining the side. Yeah, could not agree more. And Devin Conway, Barbara Zam would be top of the shopping list. Yeah. Subject to New Zealand touring slash PSL, whatever, whatever restrictions apply. I don't think we're going to be looking to sign another bowler necessarily, are we? Because I don't think. You, well, it's the same argument that Dan said, isn't it? If you if you want to develop the three young quicks, mm-hmm. you know, I suppose if you had a if you had an archetype, an opening batsman who bowled some handy off spin wouldn't go amiss in red ball cricket. Um, you know, well, but, just talk of Peter Siddle. I saw Not that, Peter. yeah, I, that and Lewis Deploy, wasn't it? That was mentioned. Lewis Deploy, Richard Gibson in the in the cricketer, suggesting that that those were Somerset's two targets. Well, Peter Siddle is thirty eight, I think. Yeah, he's, he's getting I up think there. I think we've got enough of thirty. We've got more than enough thirty something quick bowlers on on the staff. Um, I mean, he may he may very well still have it, but. I'd be surprised. And Lewis Deploy, I haven't seen enough of to to comment. But um, he wouldn't fall into the sort of category of player that I would be thinking of, of signing if I was in charge. Mm. I, I think that might have been the fact, and Dan probably knows more than me, but it seems to me that Derbyshire have just had a mass exodus in the last few weeks. You, know, you mentioned Critchley. I think there's some other names that, have, that I've seen and now can't mm. remember. I think I think with the overseas Harvey are saying that's it. Thanks, Dan. I think the overseas, the earlier you sign one, the higher chance that they won't actually play. <laughs> so I think waiting until even f- late February, you know, you sign, uh, and I'm, I think absolutely, and there'll be conversations going on with Conway and Azam and maybe one or two others, you know, in the background, and it might well be, yeah, we, you know. We're interested, but can we wait till after the big bash or our domestic first-class season or something? You know, and let's let's not forget Australia and New Zealand haven't even started their domestic seasons yet. Yeah, because of the the T20 World Cup is going on. They, they have Australia and New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, okay. been going on. Just, yeah. Yeah. just then. There was yeah. a great one video today of James Patterson hurling the ball at somebody's ankle. Mm. Did you see that? That was a bit nasty. All oh, right, okay. Yeah, it was the old. Uh... I sorry, I assumed I hadn't even looked. I assumed because the T Twenty was on, it would be after that that they'd start it. Uh, time's ticking on. Yep, yeah, it's yeah, eighth of November. Yeah, they're in uh, more or less full swing. I was just what about what about Azarali? What do you guys think about having him back? He must be near the top of the queue. Well, mm. he's probably near the top. I, I just, Nice guy and all that, but he's just not scored any runs for us. He I think was he averaging about twenty eight, twenty nine in the? Was he in it three times now, or twice or three times he's been in? Twice. Yeah, and he's scored. He's averaged sort of, you know, yeah, twenty eight, twenty nine. I think is. I can see Dan's eyes going on a, on a laptop. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, it's I'm just re- looking it's at roughly that, season. isn't it? He scored 177 runs and average of 29.5 last season. That was in three games. I mean, he was all right, really, compared yeah. to the rest of our players. He probably scored the most runs if you look at just those three games. You know, the most runs across those three matches. But, yeah, I think, I, as I was a bit down the list, I think hmm. Babar and Conway would be top of the list for me. Um, so, hmm. yeah, I think that those guys yeah. first. I think Conway, particularly, I think. Conway, Conway will score more runs than Babar, I think, but Conway's got the disadvantage of then there's the New Zealand tour in June, so not quite as good a availability. And as is not an opener, and we need an opener. And uh, that, the first yeah. game up at Yorkshire when um, Tom Abel walked out, out to open the bat, and I did think, oh, great, Abe's is opening. We've been calling for this for a long time. But on the flip side of that, like you say, Anthony, it may have been the mental baggage of a long season that you didn't score any runs. But if you have Azarali, it disrupts our batting order. Yeah, Tom we, we changed three three. positions in the order to yeah. accommodate him, didn't we? Which, you know, with hindsight, didn't didn't work particularly well. No, no, definitely not. So, probably as a a last resort, but not 
I wouldn't put him above the two names that we've discussed uh, in Babrazam and Devon Conway. Just going back to the Peter Siddle and Lewis Deploy uh, rumours, the last sort of bona fide, well-sourced transfer rumour we heard was about signing Marchant de Langer. And that, when did that came about? It was the first podcast I did with you, Anthony. That would have been more sort of middle of August last year. Yeah. 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 yeah the rumours about signing Marchant de Langer, we sort of both dismissed them as, as a bit of fantasy, but they did turn out to be true. So, obviously. Mm. But, but let's just look at the logic of Siddle, though. We've already got the language <coughs> carrying on. Why would we sign a second overseas fast bowler when we've mm. already got Gregory, Craig Overton, Davey, mm. who sort of, you know, we can't pay all of them, you know. It's, we've already got enough spots. We, we, I wouldn't mind a sort of a second, I've said this before, I wouldn't mind a Tim Gromwald-style solid operator who won't always play but is happy to, you know, who come in occasionally and do a good job. But I think another overseas one just doesn't seem to fit, really, um, you know, in terms of the second overseas player. So. The only thing is, we don't we don't know whether Lewis Gregory is going to fit to bowl, do we? Yeah. I mean, I know he's he's mm. talking about being fit by January, but he's had that back injury for an awful long time. It doesn't mm. seem to be getting any any better. So you know that that's that's a big question mark because he's been such a force in in recent series, recent seasons rather, with with the ball. And you know, if he can't bowl, he lives a, a whacking great big hole in the attack. And if you look that Craig Overton might be away with England, that yeah, if absolutely. Jack Leach is away with England, it might seem a bit counterintuitive to replace a, a seamer, a, a spin bowler with a seamer. But if we're playing on the types of wickets that we saw at Taunton last year, which haven't been particularly spin friendly, then you might go all out with a with a four man pace attack. And if you know Jack and Craig and Lewis aren't available as has been the case in a in a few games this year, then all of a sudden the cupboard's looking a little bit bare with your your overseas your existing overseas in Marchant being you yeah. know having a much better white ball season than he did a red ball season. Then you've got Josh Davy, um, who um had to leave the T twenty World Cup this week because of a little niggle. He had a niggle against uh is it the Lancashire game? He missed with a bit of a niggle. So all all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you know, you can yeah, these aren't sort of fantastical circumstances. I'm imagining they could they could quite easily come to fruition where Lewis Gregory's playing as a specialist batsman at six. You're losing one or both of of Craig and, and Jack, and then all of a sudden the case of bringing in somebody like Peter Siddle over the winter mm. seems. I think I think there's two sort of arguments here. But I I've said this before and I'll say it again. I'm very much of the mind that if you think you've got enough bowlers, sign another bowler. As all for exactly the reasons you said in, but I totally agree with Dan. If we're going to sign another bowler, you know the argument for signing a Sam Northeast bowler, if you know what I mean, to me is far greater than Sam Northeast as he's a batsman. You know, someone who fits into that Timmy Grenavelde sort of mould, I would I would say yeah, great if you can get well, that, them. Which well, after all, when we signed Jack Brooks, that was the sort of signing hmm. he was at the time. Yeah, but I would not absolutely, you know, unless we sign an overseas player as a bowler and Marshall Delaney leaves. But I would not want to be using up both our overseas slots on bowlers, especially not ones north of thirty-five. What's the rules? I know you can you can only play two, but can you have as many on your books as you like? Was is there a limit on that? Hmm. Only for Surrey, sure. I believe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. For the blast, you can have. For the blast, you can have more than two registered. Maybe I don't know if that applies to a competition. I I think you can only have two registered for Red Bull cricket. This happened with Graham Van Buren at Gloucester last year. Didn't his Mm. visa expire or something? Yeah. What what happened with him? Did they have to deregister him, or did he just not? I'm not sure. He didn't play he, for sure. Yeah, he, he didn't um, play, but I think he was still on their books, but couldn't play. Yeah, I oh, will have to look that up. I won't do it now, but you <laughs> look it up at your uh, at your heart's content, <laughs> dear listener. Somerset about five year, years ago, and they signed Cameron White. You remember for the for yeah. team, yeah. and then it turned out they couldn't play him because there were too many registrations. That's a good piece of work. Oh dear. 
So what's been going on at Taunton then? Steve Snell. We are going to be missing him on the live streams, at least as a as a home commentator. I do hope he pops down and has some banter with Charlie Taylor, proper banter, not the kind that's been going on up at uh, Headingley, but we'll leave that for another discussion. Uh, with Charlie Taylor as the away Gloucester commentator. Um, done a fine job, hasn't he, Steve? Mm. Um, it's not a surprise to see him go back to his quote unquote home county. Um, well, he's, he's always been a he's always been a Gloucester boy, secretly. <laughs> he's, <laughs> yeah. he's pretended to love Somerset. But <laughs> I remember, oh, a long time ago, it must have been 2011, something like that, when Somerset played, played Gloucester in a T20 up at Bristol. And uh, I was commentating as the sort of Somerset commentator, and Steve was, was the Gloucestershire commentator. And he got, and Joss Butler put on one of his command performances and was smashing the Gloucestershire bowlers all over Ashley Down. And, and poor old Steve got more and more depressed <laughs> as the... <laughs> on and I've ripped him about it ever since but you know he, he, he's loved Somerset through gritted teeth and and he's done a really really good job yeah. I think with bringing on the, uh, the, the younger players and the fact that we've got such a fantastic selection of young players coming on is very much down to uh, Steve, Steve Snell so and it is a promotion for him. Well, lost show, but perhaps not too well yeah <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you and the other the other sign Sorry, Steve, that caught my eye, Dan, was George Drissel's sign for Mook Durham in the last few mm -hmm. days. Did you see that? That was I did. He was on the, he was on trial with them, wasn't he? Their second at the yeah. end of that season, despite the fact that we said we were keeping him to the end of the season, but that didn't come yeah. to fruition. But yeah. yeah, I don't think he's he's I don't know he's a solid bowler, but I'm not gutted to be missed out on him. Who knows? He might prove us all wrong. Next season. Best of luck at Chester the Street bowling off breaks. <laughs> yeah. In the second week of April. In the second week of April, the temperature just above freezing. <laughs> oh. The other one was Dan Meekron as well. He's gone, gone to Gloucestershire, hasn't he? He has. Yeah. Has he? Well, I'm pleased about that. He's such a yeah. nice boy. And he, he deserves his chance. Yeah. 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 So, uh, best I suppose of we should. Sorry, Steve. I suppose we should. Um, give kudos to Ben Warren and the media team as well for that yeah. award they won in yeah. the week. I was that just was... going to bring that up. We've uh, so that what what did we win? Spectacular, wasn't it? Let's get let's give it its official name instead of that thing they won for doing the live streams. Uh it was so this is at the Broadcast Sport Awards which took place at the uh Grosvenor House Hotel. I don't know if you've ever been up to the Grand Ballroom for an awards do there. I was fortunate enough to go for a uh, for a works do, it's it's very nice. It's fucking expensive there. Talking about forty five quid for your cheapest bottle of wine and eight quid for a bottle of lager, but still very nice. And uh, yeah, so they won the broadcast sports YouTube channel of the year, being off competition from Gary Neville, Chelsea, the Premier League, and the ATP. There's a lovely picture of uh, Ben on the website there with with the award. Jason Kerr managed to sneak a ticket up there as well. I'm not quite sure how much of plugging in of leads and calibration of microphones and uh making sure everything was working that jason did but i'm sure he enjoyed his uh enjoyed his evening up there as well so yeah congratulations to ben. i've got a very good quick grosvenor house claim to fame story oh go on then well, back in the days when i worked in london we regularly did sportsman's dinners and whatever and we were there i was there for one and i found myself in the gent standing next to chris eubank very nice yeah <laughs> yes you know what the next Some question those... is, Steve, don't you? No, I, I didn't, <laughs> and, I, and I wouldn't even if I had. But in full outfit with cane and monocle. Oh, very nice. Where did he put yeah. his cane then when he was relieving himself? Did he? Uh, in his gentleman's attachment place, I think oh, I'll say. In his gentleman's attachment. Yeah, I was going to say there's, there's probably one bloke, one type of uh, person that you don't want to be caught uh, sneaking a glimpse at, and it's probably a, a champion heavyweight boxer, but. <laughs> 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 I'm just pleased to say I was considerably taller than him, which made me feel quite good. Oh, really? He's a little bit. Uh, he's a little. Well, he was, what was he? Middleweight or welterweight or something? Oh, yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't anyway, a heavyweight, was he? No. Yeah. yeah. He height isn't everything. <laughs> five foot ten. Yes. Oh, oh foot goodness, we've well done stuff. <laughs> five foot ten is it, Dan? And how tall is he? <laughs> Oh, I was yeah. about to say so I'm who had half an hour ago we'll be talking about Chris Eubanks cock on this podcast come on let's be honest <laughs> <laughs> on the predictions 
<laughs> anyway, so... Well, well we're, done, Ben. Yeah, well done, Ben. We're not sure if we had a piss next yeah, to piss yeah, you well back done, or not, but uh, it's like they, had a, they had a great night. When you, can, when you consider that they basically... I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not being disparaging here, but they've had to make it up as they go along mm. and learn as they go. And I know from conversations I've had with Ben that it's been a steep learning curve. You know, what made me think of it was having watched Durham had a video of George Drissel bowling, and you look at that and you think, you know, I could probably do better with a video on my phone in the <laughs> pavilion than that quality. When you do watch other counties' live streams and then you watch our stuff, you realise how good it is. Oh, yeah. Um, mm, you know, that's, that. I, I suspect Ben didn't know when he first started working for Somerset those years ago that he would know as mm. much as you say about microphones and camera yeah. angles and slow motion and, a monster yeah. I think what's Ben's official job so is it digital marketing executive or something like that isn't it mm. and I think yeah. it all just came about because they have these fixed cameras at each end so that they can record every ball for, for the analysis and then one day it just the light bulb moment of why can't we just stick this on YouTube mm. and they did with no commentary and then gradually brought in the commentary and then Obviously, during the pandemic was when it really kicked off with nobody being allowed in and this great demand for it all of a sudden appeared. And I say we've been at, at the forefront of it and, uh, and long may it continue. It's not just the live streams on the YouTube channel. I think it's, it's the content as well. The the misnomered behind the wyvern as well, I think, has uh, contributed to that as well. That's going to be our campaign for ongoing campaign is to rid all official communications of the W word. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, to be clear, we can we can call ourselves Wyverns because that yeah. was the supporters' club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the whole point of it. As, as, without rehashing old ground, I'm sure somebody got it heraldically correct and said, "Well, the Wyverns, the lesser version of the dragon, or the the younger sibling, or whatever you'd want to call it." Yeah. So, yeah. So where is it? Yeah. So on on the uh, membership renewal letter. Uh, where does it say? Which you just happen to have handy. Which I just happen to have handy. There we are. So you will receive a mini cap, complete with the wyvern embroidered on the front. That, and I'm holding it up now, is a dragon. Is a dragon. The king of the mythical jungle. Yeah. So there we are. So that's going to be the campaign. I don't know whether it would be... I wonder how many eyes would roll if I stood up at the AGM and I, excuse me, Mr. Holland, uh, but could you uh, potentially refrain from using the word wyvern to describe the describe the animal that emblazons the player's shirt? It is, in fact, a dragon. But it is technically correct. I was thinking about this the other day because if the chief executive of Worcestershire emailed out saying, and all the players who have donned the avocado throughout the years, or the Glamorgan CEO <laughs> said, and all the all the players who have worn the petunia. Uh, it, it's just wrong. It's not a, dry, a wyvern. It is a dragon. And that's our five minutes on that one for this month. All right, moving on then. Oh, county room gate. How did we all uh, expect that one to play out then? If you didn't hear, there was a, a U-turn from the club who, uh, where is it? So in very fine print, well, I also have my membership brochure here, and in very fine print on page whatever it was, in brackets, please note that the bar in the county room will now be for hospitality guests only. So that was uh, not very swiftly backtracked on, but uh, backtracked on in good time. Uh, by the club after uh, quite a lot of negative feedback from members and uh, through emails and, and posts on this on the social media as well because it would have left us with or us members without any dedicated indoor space which mm. would not have been ideal so they've retracted that uh, for uh, only for county championship games though so still for Royal London and uh, T20 games and what well, I, I guess tourist games as well if we get one because we're still owed one from New Zealand cancelling this year so I, I assume so, we'll you? get we'll get a uh, that New Zealand game yeah. will be rescheduled to this year but just I don't know it just seems to me to be a little bit of a misstep from the club they made a misstep as well that they've retracted on as well to say that only only members that have renewed are able to go to the members lunch which is next Thursday 
Um, Jason Kerr is going to be speaking. That was they retracted to say, well, actually, yeah, if you are if you haven't renewed yet and you're a 2021 member, you, you're still able to go. Is am I seeing something that isn't there, or do we think that there's I, maybe a little bit of a? I, I think it might be a little bit of a pushing the envelope. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and you know, there's there's lots been going on with with various sports clubs. I mean, up here, the football club that's dear to our heart has, in the last year or two, done some things which are not been terribly well received by the supporters, and then, you know, have been pretty vociferously criticised on social media. And I'm sure that's happened, you know, all over the country at different sports clubs. I think it is a it is a case of you're looking at me being the accountant, I'd be looking and mm -hmm. saying, well, if we could do that, then we might increase our revenue next year by X. And then the chief exec sees that number, thinks, well, that's a nice number, then we'll do it. And by that time, the logic of, but how does it affect the members has... Has gone, yeah. You know, that, that thing about the, the members' lunch would have been that's, that's going to encourage members mm. to renew. But then equally, there's a lot of members who probably say, I'll always pay my membership in late February or in yeah. March. I'm not going to pay it in November. You know. I'll, get, I'll get Christmas out of the way and do it, do it 1st of January, yeah. Yeah, you know. So, yeah, I, I does, it does surprise <clears throat> me slightly because I think Gordon Hollins is a pretty, com you know, he was commercial general manager for the ECB. So you'd think he's pretty commercially savvy. Mm. He was head but, of no, he was head of county cricket, wasn't he? What was his yeah? Dan, okay. what was his yeah. job? He was head of county cricket, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was he he was you know pretty senior in that organisation and would have been making some some pretty big decisions. What what annoyed me was frankly that there's an awful lot. Whenever you hear him speak, he says about oh you know cricket is our sport. You come to Taunton and you know there's pictures in shop windows and the whole town during the cricket season is engaged in the cricket. And you think, great, he gets it. And then you do something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's... Um, yeah. We need to get Mr. Wanless on, don't we? <laughs> we do. I mean, Shine a big light in his face. I don't know how much of this is, is driven by financial imperatives or, mm. or not. I, I hear, you know, conflicting stories. One minute Somerset are on their beam ends mm. and the next minute they're rolling in it, depending on who, who, you, who you're mm. talking to. But he does, you know, he does seem to be squeezing everything as hard as he can to maximise mm. revenue from sponsorship, hospitality, the live stream, uh, and so on. And whether that's just good commercial practice or whether it's born out of, you know, genuine financial need, I just don't know. But but um, as someone, you know, looking in from the outside, uh, I don't think Somerset have looked after their members particularly well just recently. Mm. No, and, and it, despite that, Anthony, the, everything I've seen and heard is that the membership renewal take-up when it was launched, which was launched a month earlier, by the way, because it's normally about now. Mm. It's normally around, around about Remembrance Day from my, my mental memory of when I've paid my membership in the past. They said the take-up was phenomenal. And, you know, you're not going to disbelieve that. Yeah. So, no, well, well, it's it? It's great. This is but, the trouble, you know, you, working with organisations. You know, when working with member organisations like the Bath and West, you know that you you really do need to look after your members because they're the you know they're the absolute foundation of the success of of the business and and the, the business over the over members' access to bar. Judging by the response on social media and and uh, you know did not go down well and being forced into a U-turn is never a good position to be in. No, no, I mean. From purely selfish point of view, I like going in the county room because I can just take my laptop up up to the uh, up to the cricket and work from home. So I can sit down in the county room. I can sit down in the county room, plug in, get on the Wi-Fi, and you know I can yeah work from you know sort of eleven till three or whatever, and then I can watch the cricket and still and still be available if I have to. So it is from purely selfish point of view. I don't want to go in there and get and get smashed. In the, in the county room, I just like to be able to sit down on a spare table, and there are always plenty of spare tables in on championship games most days, uh, and do that. And Dan and Dan's just tweaked as well. I think, oh, I could do that as well. No, I was <laughs> I was just going to say, um, I just wonder what they're getting out of it. Um, you know, okay, so they're 
they're allowing hospitality guests to go in the county room. Mm-hmm. Are they going to therefore charge more hospitality? Is that how they're going to make a profit from denying it to members in one-day games? I, I mean, are, are members going to buy less alcohol because they can't go in the county room now? You know, I, so I, I just want to. I just don't really understand what well, they're, they're getting in the county room. They'll generally sell tables of eight or ten as hospitality. So if they, I think it can. It can do some between twenty-five and thirty tables in there. So if if they if they sell out for hospitality, I suppose the um, the logic is that there won't be enough room in there for members to go in and and have a drink, and there won't be anywhere for them to sit. So they they were saying, okay, so let's just not have anybody in there apart from hospitality. But I mean, I don't know the exact numbers, but for for championship games, if they sell. I don't know. I mean, to be fair, I didn't go in much. Early, I didn't go in earlier in the season, but certainly in the second half, I went in a couple of times, and maybe those games didn't sell out as much because we didn't know the fixtures until fairly close to when the the games came out for the divisional stage of the county championship. But there was maybe four or five tables in there at most that had been sold. So whether it would have been more for earlier on in the season, don't know, but. I think we need to understand from... We just need an explanation from Gordon Hollins, don't we? We haven't really had one, have we, I don't think. And is there AGMs coming up? Have the AGMs happened? I'm not really... I don't really uh, think AGMs will be January, won't they? Okay. Yeah. I and also, last winter, they did the, a few Zoom things, didn't they, with mm. members? A few Zoom meetings. You know, they should do them again, really, I think. And um, yeah. they could combine that with some sort of interview with someone or whatever, you know, like they did last year. Um so yeah, there's, there's they, they just need to as soon as possible explain because the club has it has been quiet from the club in the last month. Just sort of mm. Twitter has just been it's just been box standard stuff really, you know. So it, we need to hear you know the members want to hear something I think soon mm. you know about the signing. Or, yeah, there was supposed to be a grand opening of the Trez Pavilion as well. Um, yeah, with members um, sort of mingling with players and, and Marcus was he coming to open his his pavilion and not heard anything about when that's going to be rescheduled so they've got a they've got an open lunchtime this week i think it's wednesday this week for commercial mm. so obviously mm. they get you know the you know, we all understand don't we yeah. you know if you can sell the, the the corporate stuff out you're going to make a lot more money than mm-hmm. our memberships do I, I get that completely yeah so maybe that's just the first sign down o- october traditionally has been the sort of get over the season and and before you start again, both for the players and the admin. And I guess for the, the likes of Spencer and Ben, they were pretty frayed by the end of September with all they've had to deal with all summer. So I, I expect we'll start hearing. Yeah. I can Im- I can imagine when it, the, the thing was said to the office staff, oh, by the way, we're going to launch the memberships in early October. There were uh-huh. probably a few people thinking, oh, thanks for that, yeah. We might have liked a couple of quieter weeks when the season was over, but hey. Hey, you know. yeah. Get the money in. Oh, yeah. Was there anything Should else? we do our picks for the, the World Cup? For the World Cup? I've, I've, it's been a difficult watch for me since the Netherlands went out in the preliminary stage. Poor old Roloff had a Doomer. Bless him. He thought he needed to score about 10 runs and went about... And he got that many, did he? Oh, dear. I was expecting him now to be leading the Dutch into the semi-finals, having scored about 700 runs at a strike rate of 250, but twas not to be. But uh, Josh Davies done himself a bit of credit. He um, every yeah. time they popped up the top five of the fantasy league, yeah. he was clinging he was on. Well he was clinging on there, you know, as as, <laughs> as, um, as the tournament went on. But sadly, Josh's uh, tournament cut. What was it? Calf, niggle, something like that. I think so. Yeah. Mm, so, I've got yeah. to say, I I really enjoyed the preliminary games. Mm. Really enjoyed it. A, because it was, you know, we were seeing players and countries that you don't see as much. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think 12, uh, due respect to Scotland and Namibia, and that, I think 12 is too many. Because like when you look at me, I'd look at the fixtures and think, oh, you know, India against Namibia or whatever today is probably one that I can do some concentrated work rather than keep that one on in the corner. 
Um, there haven't, to me, there haven't been that many big games, and the ones that have been, which have been at the weekends, haven't they? Like England, Australia, which was a bit of a damp scrib in the end of it. But uh, I've got a sneaking feeling it's going to be a New Zealand Australia final. Oh, <laughs> going against the grain. Yeah, I, I just that that was the last. Well, the World Cup in Australia, the fifty over World Cup, was Australia New Zealand final. And Australia hammered them, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. And I, I, New Zealand always seemed to be one of those teams that get the job done when it matters. Um, the same thought crossed my mind, Steve. Exactly the same thought. <laughs> We've all been saying all the way through, "Oh, it's going to be England against Pakistan in the final." And then you look at New Zealand, and their all-round strength, and their, I don't know, their sort of calmness and and um, sang-froid. That, that that they have, and then you look at Australia coming right back into form. You know the likes of David Warner and, and the rest of them. Finch is having a good competition. Yeah. He is, yeah. He's, uh, uh, but Warner seems to be timing the ball at last, not trying to pit it too hard. And they got off, signing in. They're going to be hard Finch. to beat. David Warner, Aaron Finch. Oh, Aaron Finch. Yeah, Finchy. Well, he'll be. Uh... Well, I've, I've seen Finchie he's enough, I think, and he's, he's a terrifying prospect when he's in form. <laughs> you wouldn't want to be bowling at him, that's for sure. Oh, definitely not. So I'm going to go for New Zealand. Well, New Zealand do owe us one after the World Cup a couple of years back, don't they? And they are due some, some major luck in a big way, mm. in a big ICC tournament game. Um, oh, I think, well, Jason Roy hasn't had a great tournament. He's obviously... He's um, he did a did a calf when he was going through for a quick single the other day, so he's out of the tournament. James Vince has come in. Uh, whether they'll go, I don't think he'll play though. Will he? I think they, Billings will Bairstow, Bairstow will go up the order. Bairstow will move up. Billings come yeah. into the middle order. They do like their yeah, they do like their settled batting order though, doesn't he, Owen Morgan? So whether yeah, it's still uh, a very strong side. Yeah. I mean, I think if we play to our potential, we can beat anyone. Yeah, um, you know, and and Pakistan, I think, are the second best team. But never underestimate either New Zealand or Australia. And it, you know, T Twenty. We know how you know the the toss will be hugely important. Win the toss and and, and yeah. well, it's going to be yeah. you know if we win the toss against New Zealand. I think we'll win. If they win the toss, they'll probably win. Ditto with Australia, and Pakistan. Yeah, definitely. But what a knock from Somerset's Joss Butler. Ah, magnificent! It's brilliant. Absolutely, absolutely incredible. So beautifully judged, uh, you know the way he sort of went went through the gears, and uh, it was just it was Josh Butler at his absolute best. And when he's playing, when he's batting like that, there's no one better in that form of the game anywhere in the world. Fantastic. You know, Josh Butler related to the thing that made me happiest throughout the World Cup was when he said that he'd been speaking to Tom Abel to try and perfect mm. the 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 Abel ramp shot. Yeah. I thought. Yeah. I, that was just, but I mean, can you imagine how good that made Tom Abel feel? But you know, there was also that little bit of me that the romantic in me still thinks Joss will come back to Taunton eventually. It's like, oh, we're still in touch with our captain. That's good. They still talk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Abe's help him uh, get over to Abu Dhabi and coach him for a week. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we need. Uh, yeah, need Jack Leach working on him over the winter as well. Just mm. England every so often down in Australia, but uh, yeah. it would make sense, wouldn't it? Because he hardly plays for Lancashire now, does he? So, or the alternative is we could just get Craig Overton to pin him against the hotel wall until he agrees <laughs> to sign. That's it. No, well, I'll tell no, you, Josh no has got a set. Uh, Josh has got a set of guns on him. I, I, I would yeah, like yeah, yeah, to pick a winner in that fight. No, <laughs> you want to see his forearms? They're like hams. Sorry, Craig. That's, yeah, just yeah, just the way he hits those. Those yeah. sort of hockey shots, isn't it? Those hockey squash type shots where it's just it's just a flick and then a millisecond later it's in the stand. Mm. Yeah, I am gonna go I'm gonna go for England. So oh, Steve's going New Zealand, I'm going England. Dan Um it's gonna be an England Pakistan final. But uh, it's it's impossible to call. I, I've uh, I have to say slightly I'd edge towards Pakistan winning it. I think because with Roy being injured for England and Pakistan just look really efficient, and they've had. I saw a stat they had five different pair of the matches. None of them were Babar either, 
Um, and I think it's if it's a Pakistanian in final, it sort of comes down to their bowling, which is their strength, versus our batting, which is our mm-hmm. strength to some extent, perhaps. And it also maybe depends on sort of you know Babar and Rizwan. Well, Rizwan is a Rizwan can score quickly. Babar, if he bats, for, you know, Babar can sort of play that match losing innings. Not to, I don't want to be too harsh on him, but. Sometimes he just bats a bit too slowly. To but be fair, Dan, Pakistan, I did just ask you to works. tell me who was going to win rather than having a five-minute diatribe about it. It's difficult to <laughs> give it in one in one word. But I yeah, was Pakistan, waiting for Dan to come round to it's going to be a New Zealand-Australia final and New Zealand is going to win. <laughs> talk I, I just thought, let him keep going yeah. and he'll talk round to it. But. Right, Dan's going to Pakistan. Yeah. Anthony... As you'll see, guys, uh, we're, uh, uh, we're on Zoom and our... The, I'd like to say that Charlie's our, our equivalent to Brian the cat, and uh, he's very definitely black and white. So he's obviously come with me to support New Zealand here. Yeah. Well, I, I think I, I think if you just look at the quality of the sides, England are are the best side. So I think Mark will, you know, all other things being equal, they ought to win. So I think I'll go with England. Okay. Good stuff. So England two. New Zealand won, Pakistan won, but I wouldn't be surprised if New Zealand won because they're everybody's second international team, aren't they? And they are due a hell of a lot of uh, a reversal of fortune after the uh, um, after the World Cup final in 2019. What else else is going on at Taunton? Uh, one of the sponsors is building uh, Brian the Cat a little house. That's very nice. I <laughs> got a bit of a social media traction. Uh, Anthony, I understand you have a hot date on Thursday yeah we have we've got Steve Kirby coming to the West of England Cricket Society at the Whitcomb Sports and Social Club in Whitcomb Village which is just up from the station in Bath 2 o'clock uh, Cricket Society as I say but anyone can come along and it costs about 5 quid including an entry into the into the draw and Steve Kirby I'm sure will be brilliant value for money we had Gunnar Gould for the last meeting and he was pretty good as well and one thing I was really pleased about is he agreed with me about umpires being asked to explain why play, why they're not playing in terms of bad light or, or right. quality. something that Mark Tyler and I've been talking about down at Taunton on, on many occasions you know rather than the crowd being kept in the dark and just being told there'll be another inspection up to when the sun is beating down and there's no sign of any water in, you know gunner says that the sensible thing would, would be for the umpires to to be asked to explain it and they'd be very happy to but guess who stands in the way of all of that answer our friends the ecb but um, you know you know you never know common sense yeah. may eventually well let's hope so let's hope so and uh, you have are you taking steve out to lunch before as well I am, yes, I'm taking Steve out for lunch before and uh, we'll be joined by the president of Gloucestershire County Cricket Club as well, Roger Gibbons. Steve played, of course, for Gloucestershire as well as as Somerset. So it should be be a uh, very enjoyable afternoon. I expect to hear some rock-solid transfer rumours straight from the... Well, I'll do my best. I will do my best. Uh, who what else is going on there? Right, so um, Craig and Jack and has Tom Abel gone to Australia? Did the yeah. Lions fly out they at the went, same they time went as well? A week earlier, they? I think. Oh, okay, they yeah. So they're all in their in their quarantine somewhere on. Is it somewhere on the Gold Coast playing their inter squad games and doing their quarantine? Yeah. So best of luck to them. We've we've talked about what role we expect Craig can play in the Ashes. I think the news that has come out since we last recorded that Ben Stokes will be available is a massive boost for uh, for yeah. Jack Leach's chances of playing because we saw throughout this summer the absolute reluctance of certain elements within the England setup to go with a um, a three-man pace attack and the spinner so Ben Stokes balancing that looks to be a good sign for Jack Leach and possibly Craig Overton as well to give his um, my initial reaction was it was actually bad news for Craig bad for Craig good for Jack I think yeah because I did I test they're going to go with Wokes Robinson Anderson Broad and Stokes and there'll be no leech and no Craig that's what (laughs) well I I suspect you're right Dan I was just going to say I think Jack might struggle on those hard Australian pitches against batsmen aggressive batsmen who are going to take him on and try and Get him out of the attack, which is the Australian way. 
and um, it, it, it could be very tough. Could be Rizbar Pant all over again. But yeah. I suppose if he's been through that experience, he's learnt from that. He's learnt to bowl yeah. a bit more in white ball cricket this year. There's only a couple of T20s, but it's still more experience under his belt. And if he's in there as part of a five-man attack instead of being part of a four-man attack, you could possibly argue that, well, if we've got this four-man pace attack of, what do we say, Wokes, Anderson, Wood, I said... Yeah, but Wood might play as well. Wood Wood will play three of the tests, maybe. Mm, True. If he's fit. Yeah. yeah, he's got to get through one or two T Twenty games to be fit for yeah. Australia. Oh yeah, god, so. yeah, that's like a marathon for somebody with uh, Mark Wood's fragile body. <laughs> right, what else have we got? I'm, I'm just going through the Somerset News section of the website. Um, uh, do we want to talk about the special fine dining experience? Probably not. Uh, what else? <laughs> what else have we got in here? Is you choose your Somerset team top top Somerset eleven of all time. That's an interesting one. Oh, I might have to have a go at that. Uh, I did think I, tw- I, I'm sure. I, I think I tweeted mine out just randomly. I was bored and I tweeted it out about 18 months ago. So I'll dig that one up and plug it in. Uh, oh, we've got oh, Sonny Baker, George Thomas, and uh, James Rue are in the Young Lions squad. Where are they off to? Mm-hmm. Not called England under 19s anymore, is it? It's the England Young Lions. So they're off to Sri Lanka for a five match one day series. So uh, uh, best of luck to those guys. Um, oh, I forgot we got some listeners' questions to uh, to pontificate over. Uh, didn't get many. Um, ooh, any rumours on any potential signings? That's from Ian M. Only I think the two that we read in the cricketer. I don't think there's anything anything more rock solid than that. Uh, one from Rob Reed. Um, somewhat pertinent to events up at Yorkshire sort of but uh, it's a little bit of a tenuous connection but uh, how important is it to supporters that academy signings are not all from Millfield or Kings first four to join this year so far are Millfield, Kings, Kingswood, Bath and Richard Hewish. Virtually all recent signings were Millfield or Kings how does this influence the Somerset CCC BAME percentage well first of all I think that it's in- we're incredibly fortunate to have this conveyor belt of top-notch public schools providing uh, these fantastic young players um, uh, to, to Somerset and to the academy. It's it's just kind of, it is what it is, isn't it? I mean, I think the only thing that we could potentially try to do, or whether it's the Somerset County Board or the ECB, is to just try and increase the, the outreach to state schools. Because, you know, if... if public schools, your Millfields, your Taunton schools, your Kings are continually just pushing out this conveyor belt of young players. You're not going to all, all of a sudden say, no, they're not no. They're not from state schools. I mean, traditionally, I think if you look at the overall <coughs> percentage of public ex-public schoolboys that are playing county cricket, I think it's about 75%. Mm. A lot of them didn't start as public school boys, though. Mm. No, they, they started in the state system uh, and playing club cricket. But of course, state secondary schools don't tend to play cricket. So, mm. you know, if they, if they were good, they were picked up by schools like Northfield and and Kings and Blundells uh, uh, and so on. And you know, given given cricket scholarships, effectively, yeah. in, in the, into the public school system. I mean, um, someone like Lewis Goldsworthy. For example, you know, brought up in in Camborne, in Cornwall, learnt his cricket with playing for um, uh, for Treen and Atroon and uh, Just uh, and so on, and then and then moved on into the into the public school system. So, uh, and, and I think as far as Bain cricketers, B A M E cricketers in this part of the world, there are, you know, we haven't got very many Bain people to choose from. Mm. It's just the demographic, uh, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's, it's just, just it's the way just it is. The in this part of the world. And I, I'm, I'm sure, you know, if, if there was a youngster um, from from um, that sort of ethnic ethnic background, it was any good, he would be treated mm. any differently to to uh, anyone else. He'd be given every every possible chance. And you know, Somerset got a good record with BAME cricketers, stretching back to John Cameron, who played for Somerset. Oh, he was a West mm. Indian extraction back in the mid 1930s, when there were very very few 
cricketers of colour playing cricket anywhere in the country. So, and we've all, you know, ever since then, we've had um, people of colour playing playing for Somerset. Obviously, the vast majority not, in fact, all of them not homegrown. Or Arrow Supplier, I think, would probably be the nearest to that in in terms of learning most of his cricket uh, in in this country. But that's that's just the, just the way it is. But I'm, you know, I'm sure that Somerset system would be only too pleased to encourage young cricketers of whatever background if they're good enough yeah i mean you look at the to an area with a totally different demographic of um uh, up at london ebony rainford brenton lee is it the ace program is doing you know, mm. fantastic work with the bme youngsters in, in that part of the world but as you say down here in taunton it's it's difficult and i think that the more pertinent question is is the one of getting the state school side of things more up and running but yeah. it's, it's yeah. just about the budget isn't it really at the end of the day budget budget and time national curriculum playing mm-hmm. field you know you name it I, think, I mean I don't know what happens at Hewish's now but in my day at Hewish's our fixture list was pretty much exclusively against all the public schools and we were really lucky you know and I wouldn't mm-hmm. say we held our own but we we weren't disgraced in the games we played but you know, we we played Bruton, we played Blundells, all the the other tours when we went to Millfield, and you know, whatever. I don't know now whether there is obviously Hughes is a sixth form college, whether there are any other equivalents in Somerset that do that. You know, it's about just making sure everyone has an equal opportunity, isn't it? So whether they're from a state school or from a yep. private school, absolutely and right. Well, you know, state schools, yeah, a lot of them they don't really play much cricket um it's it's about making sure that there's you know i've, I've read you know, people on twitter say about how um it's difficult to get their parents can't i don't know there's a thing about um not being able to attend sessions like practice sessions because they're at a, a state school as opposed to a private school because maybe it was to do with the holidays in the private school they were scheduled in the holidays for private school but they weren't for state school it's sort of inequalities like that need to be ironed out Somerset well, need to review the system. Every, every county needs to look at it, really, because the the, pop, the popula- percentage of the population that's privately educated is seven percent. So, and it's not like seven percent of cricketers are, are, are privately educated. As we said, it's like was it seventy five percent? Yeah. Um, I know there is the, the element of um, you know people originally being state school and then going into private schools and scholarships, but you know we've got to make sure every club has the duty to make sure that no one slips through the net mm-hmm. and that everyone gets an equal chance and that. Also, that, that there isn't bias from the coaches when you sort of do get there. You know, mm-hmm. I've known, I've heard stories about trials for, for districts, the county, etc. You know, coaches, they sort of know the private school kids better, so they end up mm-hmm. getting in. They don't really know the state school kids as well. So I've they heard those exact get, same but, stories, Dan. That, yeah, yeah it's, it's, oh, it sickens me, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it's really hor- horrible, you know, these poor state school kids who just don't get seem to get this the same chance. Because they aren't as known, you know. It's about who you know and what you know, isn't it? You know, that's the, the saying. You know, yeah. Yeah. I think it does hold true to some extent. So every every club has a duty to have a look at that, and you know, and that also does feed into the um, increasing the percentage of BAME cricketers as well. Obviously, as we said in Somerset, I think I had a look at the fig- the figures. Our catchment area, uh, which is we said, Somerset, Devon, Cornwall, is about ninety eight percent white. So obviously, you're not going to get that many. Um, uh, BAME players coming through, but you still expect it's about one in fifty, isn't it? Um, so, are we even meeting that? I'm not sure. Um, are one in fifty of our academy players um, BAME? You know, if you look back at the last twenty years, maybe it's something Somerset should look at. Um, I think it's definitely worth worth looking at at the moment. You know, um, mm-hmm. the, the whole Yorkshire situation. Um, I think a lot of counties will be looking at that sort of thing, reviewing and sort of you know. So I saw Surrey have invited people to come forward to say if you've mm, I suffered as well, yeah. from institutional racism or whatever if you feel that there has been a racist element of anything in the club at any time then come and come and um, talk to us you know so other counties may be doing that and i think somerset should should be doing that too they've got to try and get on top of it we've seen yorkshire yeah you know, they didn't get on top of it and it's just blown way up mm. and they're in a dark place they're in a bad place now because they messed up Totally, you know, we other counties need to get on top of it and not let these things fester, and they've got to address it. 
Yeah. As soon as possible. I don't know there's any suggestion that there is, there is anything like that going on at, at, at Somerset, but it's you know it's something that you just you really need to be aware of, and you just really need to make sure that you know that it, anything just does get um, dealt with properly and transparently and openly, and that's you know ultimately what the mistake that Yorkshire made is trying to sort of brush it under the carpet. I know we said we weren't going to talk about it, so we won't talk about it anymore, other than to say that uh, uh, we have had a question that is uh, pertinent. Uh, Robert Blackwell, should we get Yorkshire's test match and any other big games? Wouldn't it be great to see the Northern Superchargers having their home ground at Taunton? <laughs> I know I hate the 100, and yeah. hate all it stands for, but it would just be it would just be fantastic if, if, if that happened. But uh, Well, logically, they'll go to Durham, won't they? Yeah, they would. Won't be as fun. Well, though, the test wouldn't though. Is there a test at Headingley? Because remember, Durham have been banned from hosting tests. They don't. They're not a test ground anymore. Well, that was part of their punishment um, a few years ago. Yeah, because it's all. I it's doubt all, they would go to Durham. It's all fiddled around with the extra India test. Yeah. So that was supposed to be at Old Trafford, but old no. Edgbaston was supposed to be Old Trafford, but now they're getting the India test. Is that right? And then as to compensate, yeah, Old Trafford and rearrange. Yeah. Oh, it's it's all. Maybe um, the Rose Bowl or Cardiff might get mm-hmm. it. Um, the test, that is. Yeah. I mean, the ODI. I assume there's an ODI or two or T20. T20. They might go to well. Durham. Um, but the test, yeah. But wouldn't, Rose Bowl or wouldn't Cardiff it be seems. nice to see a test down at Taunton? It would be incredible. Well, not just Taunton, but... I don't think the ground meets the um, criteria. It doesn't meet the criteria. It's got a sight screen. It's got floodlights. <laughs> got dressing room what else do you need for god's sakes capacity i'm afraid well that was going to be my next point if you played like an afghanistan or a bangladesh that you know look mm. at what new zealand do they they play these they don't sell out the test matches mm. and they play them at these lovely provincial grounds mm-hmm. what's the university one it's just got that lovely grass bank all around the outside probably all of them so why can't we do yeah. that with our test you know instead of playing at a half empty old trafford against afghanistan or ireland play it at taunton You'll sell it out. It'll be a great atmosphere. It'll do wonders for cricket in the West Country, and everyone's a winner. Yeah, takes imagination, though. Well, that's true. Well, it took me about four <laughs> minutes to think it up, Anthony. So maybe not too much imagination. I tell you what, I'm looking forward to, and that's the announcement of the new um, 100 franchise, Somerset and Gloucestershire, coming together to form a new franchise. Can you get the inside track on that on Thursday lunchtime? <laughs> Huh? Can you get the inside track on that on Thursday lunchtime from... Uh, I'll, I'll ask Steve. <laughs> no, from the, the Gloucester's chairman, or do you say chairman, president? TV president. 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 Uh, he's, he's a, he'd be a better source, probably. So yeah. I'll see what I can yeah, find see out. What you can, uh, see what you can... There have been persistent rumours to that effect. Mm. So we will see. Steve doesn't seem very impressed with... with <laughs> <laughs> The Somerset, Somerset, what are they going to call themselves? Oh, they'll be called like the Taunton Titans or the West Country Warriors or something like that. But there are those four billboards on Priory Avenue. We can still crowdfund them, led by Donkey Style. That would be lovely, wouldn't it? Just the the, the, the hundred on all four of them. I convinced we could get a crowdfund to fund at least one, couldn't we? AOB then, guys. It's flown by an hour. Well, we've well, we had nothing to talk about. We've done an hour pretty quickly. Any other business? I'm trying to think. This is where I click leave, end the meeting, and gone. Oh, shit. I meant to talk about that. Fixtures will be out soon. They're normally about around in a yeah, let's two, reconvene three weeks' when the time. Yeah. Come out. yeah, good idea. Yeah. Yeah, we'll reconvene and uh, probably look at the fixtures and uh, construct another Somerset conspiracy theory. That'll be conspiracy theory number 2,984 that we're away at such and such first game of the season and it's all a, it's all a, to do a huge disservice to our fine county cricket club. And we've not even had time to chat about the Abu Dhabi T10, which I know you're <laughs> eagerly awaiting, Anthony. I know you're eagerly awaiting. Oh, there's uh, apparently there's a, there's, there may be a vacancy on the TMS team, Anthony. Oh really? What, yes. For the team? <laughs> well, for, no, no. For the for the Ashes, a uh, rumor has it that a certain commentator may, oh, may be on permanent sabbatical. I don't think I quite fall into the same category as Michael Vaughan. What sure. you mean? You're not a? And I'm going to put a. I'm not a former. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could have some yeah. fun just putting beeps on uh, what I was meant to say there, but uh, I won't. 
I don't think we've even got any lawyers, so uh, probably best not to uh, go out and need to look for one for libeling Mr. Vaughan. We can call him a prat, though, can't we? Can we call him a prat? <laughs> I think that's probably fair enough. No oh, send your CV up to Broadcasting House, Anthony. It'd be great. It'd be, it'd be great to uh, lie in bed listening to your uh, your dulcet tones throughout the winter. But uh, I'm delayed. Yeah. And if all that fails, you you are definitely a better commentator than Graham Swan. So get yourself out to the Abu Dhabi T10. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Right, so yeah, we are we are all uh, eagerly awaiting the uh, the fixtures for 2022 to be released. So I'm sure they'll be out uh, hopefully in uh, in about two or three weeks. I think the the date of the 22nd seems to uh, ring a bell with uh, with the rumours that I've seen. So uh, guys, unless there's anything else, we'll knock it on the head for tonight, and we'll reconvene when we have some uh, juicy fixture lists to dissect. Lovely. Cheers, Excellent. Ian. Good stuff. Cheers, Cheers guys. Take care, everyone. See you soon.